Welcome into another edition of the Train with the Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman, and joining me via FaceTime today is Chris Gores. We, what were we doing that we we were not on the same page uh, when you were up here this week? Uh, I'm not sure if there was something that we were doing. It's just you know, obviously you're busy, I'm busy. It's uh, just one of those things that happens, man. Yeah, I guess. Well, Monday was my fault because. I was playing in the Redskins Charity Golf Classic. Poorly, I might add. Uh, and that's typically <laughs> the day that we, we record. So I guess that's that's really on me. Yeah, all right. So I was going to take some blame, but yeah, it's all on you. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, uh, do you want to get off the golf course and do a podcast? Yeah. No, frankly, not not for this opportunity. I'll call you later this week. How's that sound? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that was, you know, thanks to the Redskins for uh, and Tony Wiley, their head of PR, for for opening up the invite uh, to some media members, and I was lucky enough to be one. Uh, apologies f- to everyone else in my group. Not like anyone really played better than me outside of Mike Nelms, uh, former Redskin, two-time Super Bowl champion, carried our group to an atrocious even par. At least that's what we're going to say. Uh, even par for a best ball tournament. That's just awful. That's but, not uh, very good. But, uh, yeah, we... Uh, I'm not I'm not great, but like on the best ball, I feel like I can I can give maybe at least maybe at least a handful of useful shots for the day. Well, that was kind of our problem was we had a couple. I'm not going to name names, but we had a couple of a uh, couple of people in our group who really didn't give us any useful shots. <laughs> so there were some very less than ideal balls that we were playing. Um, I feel like we putted OK. Um that's but, what you need. You need a putter. That's all. You, you I'll tell you. I'll tell you the putter. biggest advantage in a best ball scramble is a lady who can play, because yeah. there were some times off the tee where we, uh, like our tee box compared to where the ladies' tee box was, there was a lot of stuff to hit into, and the ladies' tee box was essentially on the edge of the fairway. And Wait, which like, course were you at? Which course? Oh, uh, we were playing Army Navy in Arlington. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, great course, and uh, yep. had had the the lady in our group uh, been able to to put us a little farther out, perhaps it would have made the life a little easier. But that's okay. We had a great time. She was a delight to play with. Uh, I'll name names. It's Sherry Burrs from NBC Four, who I love and is is a is a good friend. Uh, just Sherry wasn't a Sherry was out there to have fun, and we had fun. We'll put it that way. There you uh, go. But there was definitely some groups that had some some ladies who I think played on a fairly regular basis, and uh, if if you can all of a sudden put everybody in pitching wedge range, that is beneficial, and especially on like a par five where you're you're you maybe not a pitching wedge range, but you hit a hundred and fifty yard drive off the edge of the fairway and you know on a four hundred yard something, and now all of a sudden you're you're within range or a two hundred yard drive, and now you're within range to easily get on in two. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, Hoffman, try to whack one out there. Hey, I haven't hit my driver well all day. You sure? Yep, just try. Oh, there just goes another try. one of Craig's <laughs> golf balls. That's that's basically what happens to me, too. It's like, hey, let's let's get one in the fairway, and then, hey, hey, Chris, see if you can get lucky and rip one out there. Yeah. So. My driver was awful. I think I figured something out with it to at least make it a little bit better, but I still got a slice issue that we're trying to I don't correct. even – I, I, I sometimes just leave the driver in the trunk. It's just a much more enjoyable day. You know what? That's what I'm going to start doing a lot more. Like, I need to I need to get better, and I need to practice, and, and I'm, 
on par fives, uh, a lot of times I think I'm going to just play it because I hit long enough that on certain par fives, especially the course I play most often in, in Reston, like I can get on in two. Now, I don't know how we got on golf talk, but sure, this is fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can get on in I can get on in two, um, especially because I had a six iron about 180, and if it's hot out, I can sail it farther than that. So uh, I'm I get with you know I blast a ball out there 275, and you know, I've cu- I've cut a significant portion out of the hole. But what I need to do is be more disciplined on the par fours that are 400 yards, and realize that two, you know, you you, you get a, a nice roll on a six iron off the tee that's in the fairway. And then you can knock it up there pretty close, or maybe on on a on a sub four hundred yard par four, and that's just fine. I don't need to try to hit the ball to three hundred yards and then and then have a a pitch shot because I, my irons are long enough that I can actually play like a decent shot into the green and not not like if I'm playing from the fairway instead of searching for the ball in the trees. This definitely to the right. This definitely quickly turned into a golf podcast when you started talking about those numbers. But I just need to talk uh, this out with my therapist here. <laughs> I like I like how you get just casually drop in there. Yeah, I, I, I throw my six iron out there about one eighty. I like it. I'll tell you what the uh, the funniest part of the round was. So it, like it's hot, and when it's hot, the ball sails a little bit farther anyway. Of course, but yep. I could not figure out my distances for like fifteen holes. And what was funny was Tony was in our group and the head of PR for the Redskins, and he wasn't playing a whole lot. So sometimes one of us, one of the other players would play what we call the Tony ball. Tony would literally toss us his ball and be like, you hit my shot. And so there were a couple of times where, like, I'd make great contact and be like, all right, well, this is online. Son of a bitch, that's 20 yards over the green. And then I'd just club down and hit the same shot, and we'd be on. I'd hit the Tony ball. Or there's one point where I, I left a gap wedge way short, hit a pitching wedge with, to 10 feet on the second one because I knew exactly what club. And I'm like, man, if I could just know exactly what club I needed every time, then I could, I could be way better at this sport. I need a practice yep. ball on every shot. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, probably one of the most frustrating things. And you, you hit a shot great. You make awesome contact. And then you just hit it 20 yards online too long. That's pretty frustrating. But that's what happens when you don't play a lot. Right, which is why I'm trying to play more often. Uh, you let me know when you want to play when you're up here, and we'll, we'll yeah, sure. And I have five minutes. The five minutes I have, if we can squeeze in a hole in the five minutes that I have in my schedule. Hey, we'll, seventeen uh, <laughs> Reston Nationals right across the street. You know what? Honestly, like, I I wish golf courses would let you play three holes. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious, man. Like, you know, how you either go out and play 18, which is like out of the question for me. Even going out to play nine is like a two and a half hour, two hour ordeal, right? Like, I wish I could play three hole. Yeah, I mean, that'd be like some days. That's all I want is to play. I'm with you on that. Actually, it sounded ridiculous, but you know what? I'm kind of with you. I also wish you had the time to play nine on occasion. But yeah, I'm, I wish I, look, you. I wish you're I had too time good of a family nine. man. I wish I had time to play nine. Right? It's not that it's not that I don't want to play nine. It's that I I wish I could fit in. I, I have time to fit in three. At, at maybe, some at some point, six. you'll stop having kids, and the ones you have will be old <laughs> enough to squeeze in right. a couple hours. Right. Exactly. Sometime. So let's make that reservation for uh, I don't know ten years from now. Yeah, it's just some sometime before twenty forty. I got you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Main topic on the show today uh, is is not the 17th hole at Reston National. It's the building that we're normally recording this podcast in across the street, and buildings like it all around. Uh, physical therapists 
are obviously an essential part of a recovery process or maybe even a regular maintenance uh, process that most athletes have. So what's the relationship got to be to be successful between a PT and a personal trainer, the PT to PT relationship? That's our main topic, and it's next on the Train With The Best podcast. The Train With The Best podcast is powered by Key to Life Incorporated, makers of Super Coffee, Super Creamer, and Super Espresso, founded by three brothers in their little brother's dorm room after he was tired. I am lit tired. Take a nap. Then create the coffee. Some of you will get that joke. Some of you won't. That's okay. But they created Super Coffee. That was the first one. Coffee, organic, the best quality they could find. Protein, MCTs. Why? Because the MCTs help facilitate the protein. Good for your body, your muscles, everything that protein does. Also, the MCTs, great for your brain. So all of a sudden, he felt alive. He felt awake. He felt alert. These are good things when you're in college and you are struggling as a student athlete because your schedule's insane. This almost got me down to sports radio. NCAA is crazy rent, but we'll stop it there. Pick back up at you going to drinksupercoffee.com using the code train with the best for 25% off. That's 25% off at drinksupercoffee.com on super espresso, super coffee, and super creamer, all from Key to Life Incorporated, reminding you that if you can change your energy, you can change the world because that is the key to life. The Train with the Best podcast is also brought to you by Momentus, the best protein you can buy. And you can get it at livemomentus.com using that same code, Train with the Best, for 20% off. Highest quality for recovery or everyday use, whey or plant based, no matter what kind of protein you want. Following a strength training, endurance workout, your morning smoothie, whatever it is, just go to livemomentous.com. Pick what you want. Want to try a couple different kinds? Check out the sample packs, three packs of your favorite kind or your soon-to-be favorite kind to try. Then get yourself a container, subscribe, save a little money, get it delivered on the regular. You know what, what much protein you need? Just get it. Livemomentous.com. I don't even know why I'm still talking. Just go to livemomentous.com. Use the code and trade with the best. LiveMomentus.com. The code is trained with the best. This ad is over. Our main topic today has to do with the relationship between a personal trainer, which is, of course, our side of things, and a physical therapist, which we have many friends, many physical therapist friends. Um, And they're great. I'm someone who gets regular physical therapy. Uh, I think it's a really important thing if, if you can afford to do it um, for maintenance and for preventative measures amazing um, if it's something that's part of rehab that's great too but it's important that your PT and your trainer so in in my case my PT and me are on the same page and Chris you've obviously had a great relationship with onyx and VTFC um, and you've worked with a number of physical therapists throughout your career training any number of athletes so why is this something you want to talk about, and, and what are some of the, the, the key points you think in the relationship between a personal trainer and a physical therapist? Yeah, you know, I think it's just something that, like, I I honestly, like you said, I have a lot of uh, friends in the PT field and really probably, like, the medical practitioner field, right? Because I also have friends who are chiropractors and, and other things, right? So, you know, and, and it's always been a really good synergistic relationship with a company like VTFC where we're actually in the same building, but we still have relationships with a lot of other PTs because frankly, a lot of the athletes that come to you are going to be working with several different physical therapists 
around the area, around the country, they're coming to you. So you got to have a, a good relationship or at least know how to talk to uh, those people um, and, and have that relationship with them where you guys are on the same page, right? The things that you're doing are going to complement that they're what they're doing in PT and vice versa, right? And, and the reason why I take it for granted and I was reminded of it this week is because we ran into something with the PT where we didn't do a very good job. Of, and, th- and this was not me. This is was somebody on our team. We didn't do a very good job of communicating uh, some of the things that we we've been doing with our 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 client, right? And our trainer went to the place, went to go check out the physical therapy clinic, and and this is this is one of those clinics where I, I probably have a lot of of problems with this clinic anyway, just because of the way that they do things. I'm not a very big fan of the clinics where they don't watch people. They just kind of assign you things to do. And then mm-hmm. they show you how to do the first three reps. And then you're kind of on your own. I think that's kind of weird because we would never let anybody just kind of do the workout on their own. Um, it's and, one, and I, I do it sometimes in terms of like, Hey, can you give me something to do on the off day? And I hate it every single time. Yeah. Like it's better. The only reason I do it is because I know that for a lot of the clients that ask, if I don't give them a workout, they're not coming into the gym, but I hate it. Yep. I, I hate it for a lot of reasons. But we're also trainers and not physical therapists. We don't require a doctoral degree for what we do. Exactly. Right? Like, we're, we're, we're working with people who are generally healthy and ready for physical activity. Right? So if you're in a physical therapy setting, that means that there's something wrong that needs to be fixed. Right? So already there's, there's, a, there's, there's, there's an issue that we had with this. But then... Uh, for me, I don't look at the things that they're doing wrong. I look at the things that we could have done better. And in this particular case, our our trainer went to the therapist, went to the therapy session with our client to see what it was all about so that they could see, okay, what are the things that you're doing? Maybe I can help out. And then you're reminded really quickly that there are laws and licenses and certifications that the, the, the physical therapist has to go through that we are not required to do, right? Like there are right. HIPAA laws that are out there that – restrict you from just going in and, and recording a session for thing. And we weren't recording anything. I'm just, I'm just saying the, right. there are laws against this stuff and you have to be licensed and we respect all that. But, you know, it, it just goes to show that, you know, there's still so much that we have to do to bridge that gap between the, the strength and conditioning world and the physical therapy world, you know, and, and unfortunately, Fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately for us, we live we live in a world where we have great relationships. But unfortunately for a lot of people, you don't have that good relationship with, with a lot of physical therapists. So really, the what I want to do is just kind of talk about how to build those relationships. And the first thing is really through your client, right? Because right. The, the physical therapists, the PTs or the Cairo, they work for your client just the same way that you work for your client, right? So if your client is the one making the introduction or if it's a if it's a uh, a young girl that tore their her acl and then it's the parents making the introduction and and then all of a sudden the pt kind of has to listen to the parent or to the client right the patient because right. you know the, the patient says hey i'm going to be working with this person to do this and that because i want to get back onto the field so can you show him or her what you've been doing with me so that we're all on the same page so that's the first thing is to make sure that you're uh, making sure that the client makes the introduction versus when you make the introduction, sometimes the, the PTs or, or the practitioner, whoever it may be, they can pretty be 
they can be pretty defensive and standoffish. When right. It comes to and like and that. that also, again, goes back to the HIPAA stuff. And I'll tell a, a very quick story. Like when Kelly, who was on the pod a couple of episodes ago, and I were hanging out, like as we said on the pod, she like she's my PT, but we're also friends. And we were hanging out with her friends once. And she, she like literally asked me, she's like, is it okay if I tell them like you're my patient? And I was like, yeah, like what's the big deal? She's like, HIPAA. Like, so even in that social setting, like, if people ask, like, oh, how do you guys know each other? She had to have my permission to say, oh, he's a patient, as opposed to just being like, oh, we work together, which is probably what we would have said. I don't care. Um, I obviously have talked about it on on a podcast uh, and would tell anybody um, because I think Kelly's great and would recommend her. But, like, ultimately, that's the kind of level of care that you'd hope you're – PT has and you'd also understand if that's the level of care they have in terms of your protecting your privacy um, or protecting their own ass from getting sued um, that if the relationship is not initiated by the client slash patient it's probably not going to be received well yep that's right and and so and that's and that's one of the main things that you have to understand is 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 those HIPAA laws uh, I mean you don't even need to go read into them. Just just know that they exist and and that there are restrictions. So we do have to be respectful of that. And that sometimes when you're not even aware that those things exist, that's what that's what kind of leads to the problems is, is you go. And then, you know, obviously the PT, if they're doing their job, they have to be a little bit standoffish because they can't just share information about whoever, whenever. Right. But if it is coming from the patient, then then they know it's kosher. And then, they'll, you know, ultimately, hopefully. The, the goal is to make the patient and the client better and it doesn't become an ego contest. Um, but be prepared for the ego contest, right? So number one, be prepared for the, uh, the HIPAA laws. Number two, be prepared for the ego contest because, you know, a lot of these, uh, well, not a lot, all of the PTs, all of the doctors and practitioners had to go through a level of education that's beyond what you do as a personal trainer. So, you know, when when somebody goes through that, sometimes I'm not saying all of them, because obviously Kelly's not like that. A lot of the people that we work with are not like that. But mm-hmm. when you go through that level of education and we've talked about this on the pod before, sometimes you feel like that education is your validation and that you shouldn't have to compete with anybody else. Right. And so you think that because I've achieved a level of education that I'm better than everybody else because they haven't done what I've done. And that does that. That's not necessarily true. Right. But some people think that way. So be prepared for that ego contest too. Don't don't get into it with them, right? Because that's that's not going to be good for your patient or for you. And, and ultimately, the goal is to not necessarily even have a great relationship where you get along, but at least have a mutual respect for each other where if you're going to be working with their patients as clients, that they're comfortable sharing some information with you because, again, ultimately it's about being able to serve the client with a physical therapy program and a strength and conditioning program that's all on the same page. No doubt. And this is something we've talked about. I feel like we talked about it with Zoe a lot uh, back in the day, in in the OG days of the pod, because with his treatment, like you had to balance massage therapy and Pilates and all these different things that he was doing. Um, when you're coming off injury in, in an RTP protocol, return to play protocol, obviously a physical therapist is probably going to take precedent over just about anything else but i think it's also at the same time important to realize that your part as a trainer has a huge impact on the ultimate success and that they all should work together that you know the physical therapist and their treatment has a specific goal 
to say mobilize strengthen whatever the the specific case is and then ultimately you're taking that stronger more mobile joint whatever injury or injured body part and you're trying to get it to move in the way that is needed for you know everyday life and and eventually sport um and so and I guess it really doesn't even have to be like a professional athlete that we're talking about here. Obviously, you know, regular people can tear ligaments and muscles and stuff too. So, um, it, it, to get back to the level of desired performance, let's say, and so there should be a want for on both sides, the the trainer and the therapist, to work together and and as quickly as possible get the client healthy. And I think as long as that exists there's probably is going to be some communication and maybe sometimes I know for me, most often it's gone through the client. I don't necessarily even need to talk to the therapist. It's just, and it goes to a level of trust with the client too. Like, Hey, what is it that you were told you can and can't do? What are some of the exercises you were given? How can we enhance that? I think that then spawns off into a little bit different discussion. Um, of how severe are we talking? If I'm talking about a severe injury um, and we're just getting started, I'm probably going to want to talk directly to the therapist because the risk is a lot higher. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but ultimately it boils down to, as it always does, like are you doing the, the right thing, the best thing by the client, by the patient? And if that's the goal, then there should be some level of communication that ultimately helps them get where they want to go. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, like, you know, I, I think uh, I think I wanted to talk about this because, you know, it, for, for everybody that's out there, you're going to deal with PTs who are awesome. And that's not what you need this podcast for. Right. Right. Then you're going to deal with PTs who are much more difficult to deal with. And, and you run into them every once in a while, unfortunately. But just try to keep in mind that one. Well, number one, this is for your client. It's not for you to, to prove to, to them that you're worthy or to prove to them that you're a great trainer. If this is for, for you to be able to best serve your client. So keep your client in mind. It's all about trying to figure out what's the best for them. So so be respectful and be respectful of the two things. One, there's HIPAA laws that they do have to follow and we have to acknowledge that. And two, uh, don't get into an ego contest with them because, you know, when it, when it comes to the education stuff, like I said – it, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but there's a lot of people out there that feel like because they have the license that, that they're better than you and they're not right about it, but that's not the time to get into it with them. It, it's just going to end up making things worse for your client. Yeah. And I mean, it's another reason too to have relationships with people around the business. Like yep. your client might come to you and ask her a physical therapist. Like, do you have yep. one? Um, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of higher end places, the exosis of the world have physical therapists in house and that's great. Um, but if assuming that most people listening don't work at exos, if you do, if you are listening, what's up? Um, but if, if you work in a corporate gym like I do, or, uh, you know, even a place like DBC has people like Elise who have athletic training backgrounds, but it, she's not a licensed physical therapist. Like there's, there are levels to this. And so making sure you have, the right people around from, yeah, I, I know this massage therapist and they they do a good job to this chiropractor, to this physical therapist. The more people, you know, um, the better, the bigger your network is and you have people that you can trust. And it winds up typically being a mutual, you know, relationship too, because if the physical therapists trust you, they're more likely to, uh, especially in that kind of relationship, 
I feel like more people, more therapists are going to wind up recommending trainers than trainers are recommending therapists that, you know, hey, it's just a, a, a feeder system of clients to you because you're they're always going to have patients that that eventually are going to kind of graduate into a, a phase of their rehab where a, fi- a personal trainer type of session is really what they need. Right. That's exactly right. I mean, there's, there's a place for, for all of us and, and to understand our role and where, where we fit into that and then to be respectful of everybody else's role. I think that that's a that's every bit a part of serving your client as, as, as it is to, you know, keep your certifications up to date, right? So, yep. um, you know, it's just a part of the game that we play. No doubt. Um, all right, cool. This was a, a good discussion. Uh, I, I think this will be helpful to people. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at Trainer Gorez, at Craig underscore Hoffman. Uh, and we'll be back uh, next week right here on the pod. If you like what you hear, as always, we really appreciate it. It does help us a lot if you subscribe, uh, if you're not already. Uh, rate the podcast, review it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that is very helpful as well. You do those things, it helps the podcast grow. The more we can do, um, and like give you, you know, whether it's just have a, a bigger platform to get bigger guests and, and better people on, uh, which is, is always great, uh, or or to give you more free stuff or discounted stuff like Super Coffee and Momentous. Uh, by the way, did you see uh, did you see Matt's story the other day? Uh, uh, with the new new product in the work in the works. No, I didn't. I got now. I gotta go look at it. They're uh, they're messing around with the collagen protein, and I'm kind of excited about it. Ooh, yeah. So hey, Matt, hurry up. <laughs> That's all I'll say for that for right now. Uh, use the code train with the best drink, supercoffee.com, livemomentous.com. You'll get percents off great products. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, ask us questions on Instagram. Those are all the things I'm supposed to say at the end of the podcast. And so the podcast is over now. <laughs>